what's up everybody i started watching the i forget like the playbook like it talks about gangsters on netflix pretty dope not the playbook the nfl documentary the one about gangsters something like that i don't know pretty dope i watched the one about al capone not gonna lie it was a pretty good episode can't wait to see the one about pablo escobar but anyway follow me punch the mouth official on instagram Pusha underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Everybody, I hope everybody is well. Tommy Espino, Espino, Tommy Espino, Espino. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I'm going to tell you guys something, but you guys can't get mad. The fan in me is going to come out in the next couple seconds right now, okay? Tommy Espino, Espino, Tommy Espino. Johnny Boy scared. Johnny Boy is scared. That's right, I said it, I said it Now, I am a professional here, so That'll be one in a million that you guys hear me say those type of things But, come on Johnny boy, let's do it I mean, okay, here, here's the problem Let's go to Tapology Let's go to Tapology Where is it? I found it Let's go to Tapology Alex Pereira defeats Iri Prohaska. We're going to get into that. Tommy Aspinall defeats Sergey Pavlovich. I'm going to get into that. Jessica Andrade defeats Mackenzie Dern. We're going to get into that. Benoit Saint-Denis defeats Matt Frivola. We're going to get into that. Diego Lopez defeats Pat Sabatelli. Okay, I didn't watch this fight. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't watch this one. I forgot what I was doing, but I didn't watch it. Lupita Godinez defeats Tabitha Ricci. Let's start there. Lupita looked like a world beater, man. She looked like a world beater. Viva Mexico, bro. Like, she looked like a world beater. I don't know how a judge gave it to Tabitha Ricci because this was a split decision. That was not a split decision. It should have been 30-27 across the board. Matter of fact, let me look into the scorecards, but... If I can remember, one judge actually gave it to Miss Ricci. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Derek Cleary went 28-29 for Godinez. So it's Brian Miner. That fool went 30. Oh, my God. Dude, what fight was this guy watching, bro? Bro, what fight were you watching? Oh, my God. You're an idiot. How did she win 30-27? For those that don't know, 30-27 means they won all three rounds. Tabitha Ricci did not win all three rounds. Even the people that gave Lupi Godin, like, even those are weird because one judge gave her the second round, and then one judge gave her the first. So they both gave her the first round, but then one of them gave her the second round, which was Saudi Amato, and then Derek Cleary gave her the first and the third round. But what was this guy Brian Miner looking at, bro? Or Minner? 
but I think it's minor. Like, what are you looking at? See, this is my problem with judges. I should go and be a judge, bro, because this is this is something else, my man. Like, what is this? this is like I'm gonna be honest, it's fucking horrible. It's fucking horrible. How is this possible? You are putting people's careers on the line they're putting their lives on the line and for a judge to go out there and screw them like that like how did she win three rounds like that is egregious egregious bro egregious but yeah i think lupita won i think she's ranked now right let's let me check i didn't open yes i did 115 so Tabitha Ricci is number one. I mean, number number one, number 12. And Lupita Godina is number 11. Eee, there's some good fights here, bro. You know what? I'm going to say it. Lupita versus um, Amanda Hibas. And then Tabitha Ricci, have her fight Carolina Kovalkiewicz. But there's that. That is horrible. I want to know what that guy was looking at. That is next level horrible. Oh, my God. Let's move on before I get upset. Hey, Mateos, Rebecca, I hope I said that right. Beats Roosevelt Roberts. That guy's the man. Keep an eye out for that guy. That dude is the man. Let's move on to Baywell St. Denny. Hey, did you guys know? Remember that horrible rap? You guys remember that fight in Abu Dhabi back? I forgot how long ago it was, but Baywell St. Denny's only loss, he was a part of that fight, and he was the, the fighter that, like, everybody was worried about. The dude that lost that fight because the ref let so many fouls be committed? You're like, holy shit, bro. Like, what the fuck? But Baywell St. Denis is that guy that that happened to, so... What rank is my guy at now? What What is he? Uh, Tapology doesn't give you the weight? Come on, Tapology. But I think he was lightweight. Let me go check. There he is, Baywall St. Denny. There's Jalen Turner, Rafael Dos Anjos. Dan Hooker's going to fight Bobby Green. Armin's going to fight Benil. E and Rafael Dos is Rafael is hurt. So you would have, I would have Benoit St. Denny either fight Rafael, but that doesn't do anything for him because after, after Rafael is Mateusz, that's a good fight. But then there's Jalen, there's Rafael Dos Anjos. I don't think that does anything for Baywall St. Denis, but if that's next, that's next. That'd be a crazy fight right there. That'd be a crazy fight right there. Crazy, crazy fight. I'm ready for that fight. Make that fight. Can we make that fight, Rafael Dos Anjos and Baywall St. Denis? And then we're getting Mike Chandler versus Conor McGregor. I know we're talking about the fight card, but... Now that I saw his name, let's look. Let's look. We're looking. Okay, I'm going to read two things because there there has been some stuff that's come out about this. Conor McGregor's coach finally admits worry over Irishman's mental health during hiatus. I'm not going to lie. Kavanaugh feels McGregor's frustration, but is happy to see him keeping busy with training. Personal opinions about him aside, the sport of MMA feels alive when Conor McGregor is active and bringing more eyeballs. To it than anyone else. That is true. Like when Connor fights, bro, I don't care if you like him or hate him, but you know it's something special. You really do know. Especially if you hang around me, because I get I get I get nuts, bro. Again, I know I'm supposed to be a professional, but I love Connor, bro. <laughs> Nobody loves Connor more than me. Connor McGregor's the fucking man. 
That being said, getting the biggest star in combat sports period to compete is not always that simple. Wishlist, he has had his fair share of complications on his own. And McGregor has also expressed a lot of frustration about the UFC not, keen, not keeping him active. His gruesome leg break injury has kept him out over two years. But now that he is back in the USADA testing pool, things look to be on the right path for a 2024 return. Okay, I wonder if this article is going to get into it. But that doesn't mean the hiatus and not being able to compete hasn't taken a toll on the Irishman. Coach Kavanaugh says he was worried about McGregor's mental health. McGregor has had countless rants about just wanting to stay active in the UFC, one of which led him to announce that he would be retiring from the sport altogether. In in a recent in-studio appearance on the MMA Hour, the Irishman's coach, John Kavanaugh, Spoke about the effect being on the shelf was having on his fighter. They should have wrote it the effect of being on the shelf, not on the shelf was having on it. Like they should have wrote it like this. His coach, John Kavanaugh, spoke about the effect of being on the shelf, not like they had this how they wrote it. The effect on being on the like, see, I'm getting confused. Spoke about the effect of being on the shelf was having on his fighter. They could have wrote that a little bit better, man, in my opinion. Because I'm getting confused over here. But basically what he was saying, the effect of being on the shelf was having on a spider. That's basically what he was saying. After admitting to being concerned at first, he said right now, having spoken to the notorious, he is happy with where he is and told him to look at the positives and being able to train and enjoy doing it. Well, yeah, I was worried about his mental health. I'm not going to lie. But hearing him today and he's out there finding this great group of training partners, at least he's f- doing that. He's not quite the same as getting to compete in front of a large crowd, but at least he's getting training in, and that's so important. We heard Volk talk about that, keep me busy, or I. So I love to hear that, that he's training hard these days. I mean, yeah, man. Now it sucks, right? Because we're hearing that Connor might not end up fighting at UFC 300. And I think it sucks, right? Because he was supposed to fight Nate at UFC 200. And he's like, nah, that's too early. I need more time. Um, now they're saying that he was going to fight Mike Chandler at UFC 300. But now they're saying they're going to use him for the International Fight Week card. Now think of it in the UFC's eyes. Let's think of it this way. What is surrounding UFC International Fight Week? There's the Hall of Fame. You have the Expo. And what does that entail? That means you get more fans that will come in from across the world. They stay longer. So what do the hotels do? They did a piece about this last time McGregor fought. What did they say? That they hike up the prices of the hotel because they know he's going to bring in the fight itself is hiked up just because it has his name on it. And you know people from Ireland are going to come in. And I get it. People are going to say, like, well, just because it's that, that sucks. I mean, I get that, guys. But you have to see it through the UFC's eyes. They're a business, bro. A business. Let's see. Conor McGregor comments on UFC 300 return date delay unfinished Dustin Poirier business, I think it's going to say. It says feud, but. Conor McGregor still expects to make an impact in 2024. A return date for the former two-division champion remains up in the air with McGregor's coach, John Kavanaugh, saying on the MMA Hour, it is doubtful McGregor will be back in action before summer. There was much speculation with McGregor recently resuming drug testing, 
he might take make it back in time for UFC 300, which is expected to take place at some time in April. McGregor has not fought since breaking his leg and lost to rival Dustin Poirier at UFC 264 in July. And based on the day of his first test since returning to the USADA pool, he should be eligible to compete by April 8th. On Wednesday, McGregor hinted at a possible day for his next fight while answering questions on Twitter. Asked if he's in or not of UFC 300, McGregor emphatically replied in. He also commented on his inactivity, noting that he is confident a fight booking will be set up at some point. Okay, so here's a a tweet he has replied. Has the UFC told you why they keep pushing the date of your fight back? Because from the outside looking in, it makes no sense to let their biggest star stay inactive this long. I'm confident we'll get the date set. There is no one holding no one back. A lot goes on behind the scenes, but all involved are working hard to make it happen. I mean, yeah, like, again, I'm going to tell you guys again. As much as we all, if Connor comes back at UFC 300, they're going to stack the fucking deck. They will stack the deck. We're going to get, we're going to continue with the fights. They will stack the deck, but they're not going to put champions on there. They won't because then the champion gets pay-per-view points. And because it sells so well, I bet you Connor himself gets pay-per-view points. Or he's got he's gotten to where he's like, all right, you're gonna give me all my money at once. No win, no, no win, no show bonus, none of that. I get my money at once. I weigh in on the correct way and I fight and you give me all my money. I think that's how his contract set up. I don't know. I'm I can't tell you that for sure, but I think that's how Connor's contract is set up. But yeah, we'll see. But it is gonna be Chandler. For all intents and purposes, it's going to be Chandler. But let's go back to the fights. Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. Um, okay, those who know me personally, no, I don't really want to talk about this. Talk about you, Gallo, because you're like, making fun of me. But anyway, Mackenzie, they, she had a bad, I don't, I don't know. Jason Perillo, I don't think, was in a corner because he was sitting next to Michael Bisbing. But what was that of her keeping her head up, fighting a tank and Jessica Andrade? What I mean by tank is how hard she hits, man. Like, what was that, bro? <laughs> like, what was the game plan? Like, I, I told you guys, it was going to be one of two things. Jessica's going to hit her and get and beat her down, or Mackenzie's going to be able to grab her and grapple with her. Mackenzie was not able to grapple with her because Jessica's just so strong, bro, that I don't know, like, she was able to neutralize her jiu-jitsu so with Mackenzie I feel and I'm not a fighter guys I'm gonna you know I say that all the time but I think Mackenzie needs to take time and just develop like her striking's never gonna be as good as her jiu-jitsu right but take a couple months off and just be in the gym non-stop training your stand-up because the fundamentals of holding her head up like that like She's never going to get anywhere. Like I told you, when she got to the creme of the creme, which is Jessica Andrade, like she struggles because they all know what she wants to do. They all know how to evade and stuff like that. So, you know, so what's next for Jessica? Let's look at it. Let's look at it, man. She's number five. She beat Amanda Lemus. Uh, she lost to Jan Shainan. Carla Esparza is pregnant or just gave birth. So it's going to be a while for her to come back. I guess you make her fight Tatiana Suarez. Unless Tatiana Suarez is going to fight Yan Shainan. 
Or they're gonna give her the title shot. I don't know. And then you have to think of where where Rose fits in all of this, because even though she's not ranked right now. And then you gotta think if Jessica's gonna go back up to 125. Who are you gonna fight at 125? Rose is number eight. Oh no, that's the pound for pound rankings. No, because there's Aaron Blanchard, Manam Ferrote, Caitlin Chukagian, Jessica. Well, yeah, she's number five in both weight class. She beat Jessica. I mean Caitlin. Sorry. Uh, and she lost Aaron Blanchfield. And um, I heard about this, but I didn't look too much into it, so we're going to look into it now. Uh, UFC parts ways with former flyweight title contender Tyler Santos. Tyler Santos is no longer under contract with the UFC. I know I got that from the title. The Brazilian flyweight who came close to upsetting Valentina Chipchenko in a flyweight title bout in June of 2022 was released from her deal. Multiple people with knowledge of the situation confirmed MMA fighting Twitter user Roster Tracker first reported the news. Santos earned a title shot at the UFC belt with wins over Molly McCann, Gillian Roberts, Roxanne Mataferi, and Joanne Wood. In a span of 14 months and took Chipchenko to a highly contested split decision in Singapore. Santos lost a unanimous decision to Aaron Blanchfield in her most recent bout in August. The match was postponed from its original date of February. After Santos decided to withdraw when both cornermen, one being her husband, had visa denied multiple times sent to the United States. The 30-year-old leaves the UFC's with a record of 4-3 after signing through Dana White's Contender Series in 2018, going 19-3 overall in her professional MMA career. You know what this sounds like? That she was still on the starter contract and she was doing all these hard fights and she probably wanted more money and they told her no. That's what that sounds like to me. Well, I don't know because let's see if or that's seven fights. Maybe not. Well, that maybe because then I don't know why they if they resigned her, why wouldn't they keep her? You know, like if it's her second contract, she probably wanted more money, and they said no because they didn't see value in her because they're putting the truck on Aaron Blanchfield because. Look, Tyler's 30, and I believe Aaron's like only 23. This is my this is me assuming, right? I have no knowledge of it. But that's what I'm assuming. That they see it with somebody else. She's 24, Aaron Blanchfield is, so we shall see, man. We shall see. We shall see. But let's continue. Tommy Aspinall versus Sergey Pelovich. Okay. <laughs> guys, guys. This is my guy, okay? The guy that would dethrone John Jones. The guy that would do it. Tommy Espinal, Espinal. Tommy Espinal, Espinal. Come on, guys. Tommy Espinal, Espinal. This guy will do it. I'm still going to be rooting for Stipe. I love you, John. You're the best fighter, but come on, guys. Come on, guys. I finally got it. This guy can do it. Let's go, Tom. Tommy, Espinal, Espinal. Did you guys see Tom? Did you guys see it? Did you see it? Hey, but John Jones, if you want to come on the YouTube channel, the podcast, I would love to have you, brother. I just, I, I, I just, you know, I just can't no more, bro. I've given you your flowers. Don't say I haven't because people have heard me give you your flowers. Because no matter what I believe of John Jones personally, that guy is the best fighter. But it is Tommy Espinal, Espinal. Tommy Espinal, Espinal's time. It's his time. Tell me it's not. Tell me it's not. 
took the fight on two weeks' notice with a back injury. He couldn't train. Tell me it's not his time. Tell me, I'll wait. I will wait. You ain't got nothing to say, huh? Because it's his time. Now, it gets a little murky, right? Because they say, all right, we're, this is the UFC. We're going to do the, the John Jones-Stipe fight. You're going to do the John Jones-Stipe fight? That's cool, man. That's, that's fucking awesome. Like, let's be honest. That's awesome because Stipe deserves it. Stipe was never offered this interim fight with Sergey or Hami Aspinall, which I think is a good thing because I didn't see it, but people that were there said that Stipe was walking in with a limp. So I don't know. Things happen for a reason, bro. But let's look at these rankings. Tell me. You guys tell me. I lost them. Oh, oh I found them. Tom Aspinall, number one. Cyril Gaon, number two. Sergey Pavlovich, number three. Stipe Miocic, number four. Okay, it gets a little murky here. Let me tell you why. You have two killers in Jel- Jelton Almeida and Cyril Gaon. Those guys are two fucking killers, right? I've been swearing a lot. I'm just excited to be back, guys. I've been having a rough week, so if my swearing is getting to you, I do apologize. I'll clean it up. Um, So this is what they need to do. In my opinion, Tom Aspinall says he wants to defend on UFC 300. Let me go find the exact quote so I can read it to you guys. He says, I want to fight on UFC 300. Okay, that's cool, Tom. That's grand, Tom. I support that because you are my guy. You are my guy, Tom. 30 years of age. Tommy Aspinall is my guy. Okay, this comes from Low Kick MMA. I don't know how credible they are, but I'm going to read it. So take it with a grain of salt. The newly crowned heavyweight champion, Tom Aspinall, correction, interim champion, refuses to sit idly by on his new throne instead of waiting for the eons in hopes of fighting the winner of Stipe Miocic versus John Jones. Aspinall has taken to the record and said he'd much rather fight on UFC 300. Looking to become the best ever in his own words, Aspinall is a man of ambition and conviction. It only took the UK superstar 69 seconds to defeat the fearsome Sergei Pavlovich at MSG in New York. Aspinall was just quick and accurate and found his mark. The chin of Pavlovich simply could not handle the speed and intensity of the shot received. And this gave Tom Aspinall his Michael Bisbing moment and he had... That he has so desperately wanted. Now the world's newest UK champ has his sights set on one thing only. Greatness. And it doesn't seem if Tom Aspinall will ever be okay with anything lesser than that. Okay, and then it goes on to say. I want to fight at UFC 300. That is my goal. Tom Aspinall told Caroline Pierce of TNT Sports. I've had two fights in three months now. So I'm happy with some time away. From the pressure of fighting. But April sounds about perfect for me. I wanted to be heavyweight champion. And I achieved that. Anything moving forward is just a bonus. To be honest. I'm really satisfied with what I've achieved in the sport. And now it's just about legacy. I want to be the best heavyweight ever. Okay. That concerns me a little bit. He's saying. I've already achieved everything I wanted. I need you to be motivated bro. Please. Please. Tommy. I will sing this song. Tommy, I need you to be motivated because if you're going to go fight John Jones, you need to be motivated. You can't just be all like, I'm, I'm content fighting John Jones. No, you need to go in there and want to hurt him. Please, I don't want you to like, 
hurt him within the limits of the rules, bro. Please, Tommy Aspen. That's the man right there, bro. Hurt him within the limits of the rules. I know it's about legacy. So when you get that call to fight, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So he wants to fight on UFC 300. Let's look at this. I'm too excited right now. I'm sorry, guy. John Jones' champion is out. He tore his peck. Tommy Aspen, our interim champion, wants to fight UFC 300. You got Cyril gone. That's a good... He just murked Sergey Pavlovich. Steve fighting John. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I feel what the UFC should do is you rebook Curtis versus Jolton for UFC 300, even though Jolton said, I don't want to fight him. Like, even though Jolton dominated Derek Lewis, like, that'll be a good fight. Do Jolton versus Curtis. Then you can do Cyril versus Tom, or you can even do this. And I know the UFC is not going to want to do You can do Tom versus Stipe, but you're not going to want to do that because if you're so invested in John Jones fighting Stipe, Tom Aspinall will go in there and ruin everything, bro. Trust me on that. Unless you're going to do Tom Aspinall versus John Jones right away, then I will shut up because that's what I want. I, th- I'm not going to lie. I, there was points in my life where I wanted Francis Ngannou. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore because I have Tommy Aspinall. So here's the way you do. You do Jolton versus Cyril UFC 300. If Tom Aspinall is really hounding them about it, make him fight either Cyril Gunn or, and I know it's going to be Cyril. There it is. You have Jolton fight Curtis, and then you have Tom Tom fight Cyril because, <laughs> remember, he did go to France, and he said, I want to fight the winner of Sergey Spivak and Cyril Gunn. And then, but it's funny because Cyril dismissed him, but as soon as he won, He's like, all right, Tom, let's fight. And then, like, then there's this gamemanship. Like, then Tom could, like, blow him up and be like, yeah, right, fuck you, bro. But if Tom, Tom should fight Cyril. That's who I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight Cyril. And you have Jolton fight Curtis. And then if Jolton wins, have him fight Sergei Pavlovich. And then Pavlovich wins. That's his way back to the title. And then if by then, because they're saying summertime, bro, so... If Tom fights in April and Jones and Stipe could get it on by the summer, that keeps the division moving. But I don't know, man. I don't know. But we shall see, bro. We shall see. Let's move on to the main event. Alex Pereira versus Iri Prohaska. I mean, first of all, what a fight. What a fight. Congratulations to both Iri and Alex. Those guys, they're beasts, man. Those guys are beasts. Like, what can you, what, what more do you want from those guys? Like, those guys saying that the fight was boring, like, get out of here. That fight was freaking awesome. I told people they had to, Yuri had to watch out for Alex's leg kick. That caught him early, right? And then Yuri showed good takedown offense. He took him down. And then Alex showed the defense, bro. He showed the defense. We got to give it up to Alex. And then eventually Alex caught him and Yuri fell. I do believe Yuri got played a little bit, but then Yuri came out and said, he's like, nah, it was a good stoppage. And I know that's Yuri's Bushido way, but in my heart, in my mind, it was an early stoppage. Let's look at these rankings. And we are going to talk about Usman, Nermango Madoff's um, controversy. Okay, here we go. So now Jamal Hill is number one, Yuri Prohaska is number two, Magomed Akilaev is number three, Jan Blakovic is number four. Okay. 
Let's look at this. So they're saying Alex and Jamar are fighting next. But if Israel Adesanya, because you have to keep in mind that um Israel um and Alex have history. So if Israel comes in and says to the UFC, can I fight Alex at, at 205? They're going to tell him yes. Israel has that type of Conor McGregor pool. Because Israel, believe it or not, Israel brings in money, bro. And they'll give it to Alex because look at what Alex has done. What's his record? Alex is 9-2, and two, okay? And one of those losses came outside of the UFC. The other one is against Israel in a fight he was winning. And I don't like to say it was a lucky shot, but it's not like Israel was dominating that fight. Like, Israel was losing that fight pretty badly because of the leg kick. I don't know if you want to attribute it to weight drain of Alex cutting down so much or Israel. I want to say Israel just hits fucking hard, but you have to attribute that the weight cut was getting hard for him. That's why he moved up. And within two fights, he gets a title shot. But let's look at these rankings. So, like, to me, Alex Perez, he's got to be considered GOAT status to do that. Now, people are going to say, well, he has favorable matchups. Can you tell me more or less in the heavier divisions who are wrestlers? It's not his fault that those um, heavier weight classes are more based with strikers. Outside of welterweight, who, who's a wrestler at 185? I got one guy, Drickis Duplices. Like heavyweight, let's look at it. Who's a wrestler here? Johnny Walker, a stand-up guy. Nikita Krilov, a stand-up guy. Alexander Rakic, a stand-up guy. Jan Blakovic, stand-up. Magomed, he could be a wrestler if he wanted to, but he likes to stand. Yuri, stand-up. Jamal, again, he's a good wrestler, but like these guys aren't known for their wrestling. My point is they're known for their striking. So to say, Alex got favorable matchups. Like, where I can see you say that when he was fighting at Midway is like someone... Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori is known for his grappling. Jared Cannonier, he can grapple, but he's he's mostly known for his like crazy power. And then you got someone like Hamza, who's really known for his wrestling at middleweight. And then you got Drake. Look, I gave you three guys, but I bet you Jared would stand with him. And then Hamza, his ego will get the better of him, and he'll try to stand with Ali. And let's not forget, he knocked out Sean Strickland, but they train together from time to time. So I doubt he would fight him again and Sean has gotten better now there's one thing I want to look at so remember how I said unless Israel comes back there's a reason I said this now let's look at it let's look at it now there's one thing I will say where was the UFC translator after his fight I get that his trainer wants to do it but there's nobody better than the UFC guy like when that guy is there can they can the corners just let him translate like, my God, I was so upset, bro. That guy is like the apex of translating, and you get a corner man? What the fuck? Like, what? That guy was there because I heard him. I think his name's Fabian. That guy's the man. That guy's the GOAT. USC put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about the translator, not Alex's coach. Like, bro, how? If you guys have that guy there... He should be the, tra- like, it should get to the point where the UFC goes, like, no, we use our own translator. Like, why did they get his coach to do it? I mean, I get him and his coach have a bomb, but I bet you Fabiano would have done that 100% better. Look, Israel Adesanya doesn't seem interested in Alex Pereira's light heavyweight title shot offer. Pereira won the vacant light heavyweight strap with a second-round knockout win over former champ Yuri Prohaska at UFC 295 on Saturday. Paul Tong called out Adesanya 
in his post-fight interview urging the Nigerian-born Kiwi to move up to 205 pounds. I know I'm not going to do what he did to me and make me fight three times, fight him at middleweight, Perver said in his post-fight interview. I know it's a guy we have a lot of history with. I want to make this fight happen. Adesanya, come to daddy. And then Israel did a, a frozen meme and said, let it go. Adesanya lost his middleweight strap to Sean Strickland in a shocking upset at UFC 293 in September. Adesanya has since stated that he is going to take a long hiatus from the sport, even mentioning 2027 as a potential timeline for his return. I don't think that's true. I think we all know Israel loves to troll. I don't think that is true. Look, and then this this is Israel. The fact that it sits with him, it hurts his spirit. I like it, Adesanya said on his YouTube channel. But yeah, he did it in that same arena, getting the belt again. I think Jamal is probably next for him, but... I know for a fact it hurts his spirit, which I like. What did you say? Come to daddy? It's like last time I checked, you were fucking sleeping, but it's all good. But like, yeah, that's the story. But like, I want people to understand Alex was dominating that fight. Alex was dominating. And people are going to come at me like, shut up, dick. Like, prove me wrong. Prove me outside of that one hit that Israel landed that fucking slept Alex, where Alex wasn't dominating that fight. Like, again, I don't know what to tell, like, say if it's his way, if it was his way, because I don't want to take away from Israel. I really don't, because Israel doesn't deserve that. He really doesn't. What he deserves is to be celebrated. But then he says things like this. Which... And then I talk to people that like Israel, but hate Connor. I'm like, you like Israel, but hate Connor. And Israel saying things like this? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So if Israel were to come to the UFC tomorrow and say, I want to fight Alex, they'll make that fight 100%. Because that's the fight Alex won. If they don't, he's going to fight Jamal Hill. So where does that leave Yuri? I'll tell you guys. Yuri, if Magomed Akilai wins, him and Yuri should fight. No, no, no. I'm sorry. So Jan Blakovich and Alexander Rakic are booked for the Canada card in January. The winner of that fight should fight Yuri because... Jan and, and Yuri have a lot of history, and Jan is mad, but I'll read his tweets on the next episode to have something to talk about. Jan wants to fight Alex, but Yuri should fight the winner of Alexander Rakic and Jan Blakovich. And let's look, right now that I said that, I can read you guys the card because I got the press release today. Let's go. So Sean Strickland will take on Drickus Duplicis. Tickets go on sale Friday. Raquel Pennington will take on Mayra Bueno Silva for the interim women's bantamweight belt. Um, other fights include Neil Magny fighting Mike Malat. Jan Blakovic will fight Alexander Rakic. Arnold Allen will fight Mozart Ivolov. Dominic Reyes will fight Carlos Omberg. Brad Katona will fight Garrett Armfield. Chris Curtis will fight Mark Andre Barrelot. Carlos Jordan will fight Sean Woodson. Raymond Tavares will fight Shihai Sydney. I think, I hope I said that right. I know I did not say that right. But, dude, this is crazy. Dominic Gray is coming back. Let's go, Dom. I know you got it, bro. Because if he doesn't, bro, sadly, I would like to see him retire because I don't like the way he's gone out the last few times. Low-key, low-key. I don't, I don't like telling fighters what to do, but if you're going out like that, bro, I think it's time to pack it in. Again, I've never fought, but seeing the way he lost against Yuri and then the way he... 
I think the way he lost against Ryan Span was worse than the way he lost against Yuri. Because he was even saying, and I was calling him a crazy person that he said that, dude, I knocked out Yuri Prohaska. And I'm like, dumb, stop. But then Yuri came out and said, he knocked me out. I went back and watched the fight. The up kick is what knocked out Yuri. It just didn't sleep Yuri. That Yuri, like, I guess when he, like, landed back down, it woke him up. But Yuri says he was knocked out. It just didn't sleep him, but he says he was knocked out, bro. Well, we're going to talk about two more things. I didn't know. I knew Peter Young was going to have a fight. I just didn't remember when. But Peter Young pulled out of his fight. He was supposed to fight Sonya Dong. And now Sonya Dong, he pulled out. And now they're going to move the Shanghai card, which is supposed to be in December because they're going to take a break off of next week for Thanksgiving. And um, is this real? Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, how old is this? Three hours ago. They must have took it down because apparently I, I saw an article, but it's not there. So I don't know. Point being, Peter Jan pulled out. I don't know why. Let me see if this article will tell me. This article says, unfortunately, the brawler injured injury has forced him to withdraw in December. At this time, it is uncertain where... Okay, let me see if I go back earlier. Peter Yang versus Song Yadong canceled due to injury. Peter Yang and Song Yadong were set to put on a show in the Bantamweight division, but injury has put an end to that matchup. It doesn't say how Peter got hurt, but it had to be pretty severe for him to pull out because I'm of the firm belief that these fighters never go in 100%, bro. It goes... While the fight has not been officially announced, it seems the UFC have been targeting a bantamweight top contender about between Song Yadong and Peter Yan for their December 9th fight night event. While the card has yet to be even find a official, an official venue, it is expected to take place in China. The UFC have already been booking regional talent for the day. Unfortunately, in a recent post to his Doyu Scene social media account, Dong released a short statement accompanied by screenshots of text from his manager stating that Yan could not make the booking as he is currently recovering from an injury. As such, it seems the UFC are hoping to find a new opponent for Song to keep him on the card. Would they end up getting? They ended up getting somebody I don't know because... They ended up getting Chris Gutierrez? Yeah. Okay, my point is, is that Aaron Bronster... TSN has reported that they're going to move that from Shanghai to the Apex in Las Vegas. So we shall see about that. Um, it sucks that Peter got injured because Peter Yan is one of my favorite fighters. Um, but yeah, they're going to do the Shanghai Indoor Arena. But I guess, I don't know what's going on that they feel it's not selling well. But they're going to move it into the Apex most likely. And people are complaining that are they going to keep like the local time like they did with the UK event that they ended up moving back to the Apex? Are they going to keep it like local time? Because if they are, um, that's going to start at like 3 a.m. The main card starts at like 5 a.m. And I wonder who's going to watch this if it starts because Chris Gutierrez and Sonya Dong is a good fight. And I heard a bunch of the regional time will not be on the card like originally expected. Now, final thing I want to talk about. Usman Nurmagomedov, age 25. Okay, for those of you that don't know, Usman fought at, I was going to say, UFC Bellator 300 in October, and he defeated Brett Primus. Usman Nurmagomedov, Bellator 300 MMA title defense overturned due to doping violation. 
In the last few days, it was revealed that Nermagomedov had been flagged for a doping violation of an undisclosed substance. As a result, the California State Athletic Commission suspended him for six months, overturned his win to a no contest, and fined him $50,000. According to his manager, Ali Abdelabziz, he will not be stripped of his title. This thing crap. Oh, no, it didn't. Abdelabziz says Usman will get back in the tournament, though here's a statement he issued to ESPN. Usman was prescribed a medication for an illness he had. It's not an anabolic steroid, it's not EPO, it's not HGH, etc. Nothing enhancing. We will rematch Brett Primus and get back in the tournament. Okay, let's finish this before I give my thoughts because I'm glad we're ending on this. The results of my test revealed that a prohibited substance that entered my body through a medication prescribed to me by a doctor a few months before my fire. I was undergoing treatment, but unfortunately, I did not notify the athletic commission in advance. Well, he did try to file a TUE, which stands for... Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, God darn it. I don't know what's going on. Okay, here's where I was at. Well, he did try to file a TUE therapeutic use exemption after the fact. He was denied an additional punishment... And the Dunder Usman was his removal from the lightweight tournament. The attorney pays out a cool $1 million to the winner. Fighters like Benson Henderson, Patricky Pitbull, and AJ McKee were all key names in the mix. As a matter of fact, Nermagomedov was supposed to fight the winner of Patricky Pitbull and Alexander Shabli. But now here's my question. Because remember, originally it was supposed to be AJ versus Pitbull. So can AJ take... Well, no, because then Brett would take it because Brett lost. So I don't know if they that automatically means Brett premises in the finals or if they're going to do what Ali said and do a match between Brett and Usman and then the winner of that will take the final spot. I don't know. It's weird. As we've been aware for a few weeks now, Showtime Sport is being shuttered early next year, leaving Bellator without a broadcast partner. Rumors have run rapid of a pending P- sale to PFL. While still officially unconfirmed, word on the street is that the sale is all but a done deal and it is now done to finalizing the paperwork. In the past, Paramount, Bellator's parent company has turned down offers to buy the promotion, but their own current financial downturn, they are unloading the properties they once put significant investment in. With the sale imminent, it's anyone's guess how long the promotion will run under the Bellator name. For all we know, if PFL does indeed wind up being the buyer, they could just absorb the roster into their own and be done with the name permanently. I mean, yeah, well, you want to, because, you know, it'd be funny if, P, no, but PFL is a cool name. Bellator is a horrible name. And it goes on to say, and if Paramount can't come to terms with a buyer, be it PFL or otherwise, John Nash reckons the market could be very grim for displaced fighters with purchase greatly reduced. Unless they secure a spot on the UFC's roster, which we must remember that Bellator was one of the last batons of decent purses outside of the UFC. They're gone. All that's left is the PFL and competing promotions dwindling. That just means less resources for the athletes. I mean, that is true because if Bellator is gone, you got one and you got PFL as major players. And then you got KSW in Poland. They're a major player in Poland. But my question becomes, because this all looks like it'll take... So here's what we know. We know that Showtime, like this this Friday, the 
I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Yago stop. I'm gonna stop. Fight versus Jason Jackson is the last fight card on Showtime. What I don't know is if, let's say PFL buys it, if they're gonna be the ones to keep the Grand Prix alive. Because what else are you gonna do? And are you gonna go through all that trouble? Or you're gonna be like, no, Brett Primus, you're gonna fight the winner of Shabli and Patricky, which I think is the right move. Is it? Is it gonna sell well? Probably not. But I don't know, man. I don't know. And then the other thing is to call Nurmagomedov off a cheat. I don't buy that either. I think he just made a mistake. Because let me tell you, if it was an anabolic steroid, he would not have gotten just six months. He would have gotten a whole year or like two years like they gave Anderson. That I can't tell you. So I don't think it was on purpose. Yes, he made a mistake by not filling out the correct paperwork. But that's all I got for you guys. Again, I believe Alexander Shawley should fight Brett Primus next because, I mean, the winner of Alexander Shawley and, and Patiki Pitbull should fight Brett Primus because Brett was the last one to fight Usman. So we shall see what happens. But that's all I got for you. Make sure you follow me. Punch them up. Push on Instagram. Push on underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.